Welcome to Roguecast, the official podcast of Rogues Gallery. We'll talk comics for the week, as well as whatever news is on our pop cultural radar. I'm Randy. I'm Nick. This is Dave. And now, on with the show. Alright, welcome to another episode of the Roadcast. There's uh, gonna be there was a there was a Super Bowl. There was a Super Bowl. And therefore we've got a billion trailers to talk about. Yep. There's an ongoing movie challenge, so we've got a bunch of movies yep. to talk about. Yep. There's, There's a pretty cool week of comics. A pretty good week of comics. Yep. So we're just gonna we're just and, and we got a bunch of games. It's true. It's an let's, overstuffed, double sized, massive annual episode. Let's uh, so what you're saying is instead of the usual dumb banter, let's just get to it. Let's get to it. Okay. Let's get down to business. This is a Rogue Scholar No Nonsense podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> Anybody says starts to elaborate, even hits like a second sentence about something, I'm like, you no slap nonsense. nonsense. You slap. Oh, okay. We're <laughs> not doing the violence episode. thing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, game. First of all, let's, let's remember that uh, we got tote bags. We oh, right. Tote bags. tote bags. We talked about it last week. but It looks very nice. The uh, the logo looks good on the uh, the cool black of the yep. tote bags. Yep. And uh, you can help save the planet if you start bringing that in and get your comics and games in it. That's true. That's true. And uh, You can single-handedly. You will be an eco-warrior, and Captain Planet will give you a high five. Uh, yep. so, or he won't turn you into a tree. Who, was, like who, was one, who were the bad guys on that show? Uh, they was, were, Hoggish Greedley was one of them, right? Yeah. Sure. Why yeah. do you remember that? Because why would I not remember it? <laughs> Because no uh, nonsense, Dave. Uh, uh, Captain Planet will come and he's like, "I'm going to beat the crap out of Hoggish Greedley. You want to join me?" And you'll you'll be in. Wasn't there yeah. a GI Joe Eco Warriors? There could have been. There was a GI Joe Eco Warriors. That, that's where my brain went, and I didn't go to Captain Planet. Okay. Well, I went to Don Cheadle's Captain Planet, turning everyone to trees. And well, there, that's that's just in case anybody who hasn't hasn't seen it. I think Funny or Die maybe did I it back it was in the day. Yeah. Go ahead and just Google Don Cheadle and uh, Captain Planet, and just just give it a watch. Yeah. Yep. yep. Pretty great. Uh, yep, you will believe things happen. Um, <laughs> all right, we got a bunch of games. We got a game called Panorama, which is a nope. you are you are taking turns laying down a panorama of art. It looks really cool. Uh, looks like a fun game. We got Cyberpunk Gangs of Night City, which is a miniatures game from the folks that do Zombicide and uh, some of those games. But, but but based on the Cyberpunk license, based on the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven yeah. world. So you okay. play different gangs of Night of Night City. It's a big old miniatures game. That's very yeah, cool. It looks very cool. It does look cool. Um, Carvey, which is a uh, Viking uh, game, but it's uh, it's a resource builder. It looks like a compl- complicated one. It's it's got one of those little stickers in the front of "Will you like this game?" and it's like very complicated. Oh, okay. So if you're looking for like a big heavy game, yeah, this yeah, is one of those. Um, if you're like I uh, like to play Munchkin and maybe Settlers of Catan, probably for a not. You're like a pilot and a co-pilot. You have this little screen, and you're like placing dice. But you can't see what the other... There's, like, different weather. Yeah, it yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, there's, like, there's like 20 scenarios yeah. or something. I'm On like, the that cover, it says... Yeah, you know, like, we've only got two turns left, but I could meet you in Zaire and hand off my research notes. Uh, I've got this one. I haven't just to play it yet, but it's basically... You're touring New Orleans. You're going different places. Oh, that sounds awesome. You're eating food. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a game that's a Pathfinder game called Elemental Stones. It is a uh, card-drafting game. It's, like, it's making, it's making mushroom patterns, I think. Okay, so this uh, is... We've seen some of these patterned box, and you're like, oh, these are better sculpts, better painted. They look very cool. They've done a, 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 an assortment of them, everything from, like, the Thanos snap to... So if you yeah. need a Valentine's gift for your... For those is like, oh, these are their kind of novelty, goofy ones. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I don't remember the back, Batman backbreaking. Remember the slap one? And then there was another... There goofy was a Thanos thing. doing the snap. No, I was thinking of the sad Wolverine yes. from the animated... Yeah, it's just different sculpts. Yeah. And then yeah. Death of Superman. They did that yeah. big box set yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
we got in the uh, we got mag- more magic playmats. Yep. We got more plushes. Yes, we got a pit. So we got the <laughs> newest set of Yu-Gi-Oh, the Phantom right. Nightmare. Yep. And we got new uh, Pokemon. Is it Padea still? We did, but it's already gone. Oh, are all the tens we gone? We have one left. Uh, that is how that fast one, things like that, that went can fast. Go. Instead of being like five or six soft cover books to kill over six months, one. one big hardcover. Okay, which is cool. So it's like a big. It's a big campaign and one big hardcover. Nice, nice little, little yeah. cool outro campaign. Yeah. And, and then other. and puts them in a rules compendium. So if you want to add cybernetics. Uh, giant robots, um, immortals, magic, all kinds of crazy stuff. It is in this rules compendium. I want it all. Yeah. And you uh, want it now? I, I think I, I've been watching uh, uh, one of our customers, who's I'm, I'm friends with on Facebook, we're mutual friends with him, uh, doing one of those character challenges. Yeah. And he's done a bunch of the uh, everyday heroes lately. Yeah. And he's kind of putting together like an A team kind of group yeah. with them. And I've been watching his write ups and stuff on them, they're real fun. Uh, and, and you I can get a little sense of the mechanics and character creation sounds cool. So, yeah, people kind of, I think especially, like, if you were raised on, like, 80s action movies, yeah. not just 80s, you know, 90s, 90s yeah. Matrix, I'm sure, could fig, fit right in here. Yeah. But, um, but like, if, if that's kind of your vibe, you should check this game out. Yeah, I'm hoping they're they're going to do the Urban Arcana setting, which mm-hmm. was the D20 Modern yeah, setting. it's a cool setting. And and if once they do that, I'm, I'm definitely hoping to run this game. That, that actual formal Ur- yeah. Urban Arcana it's setting? It's going to be called Urban Arcana now. That's the one where, if memory serves, this is a neat idea. They had it so that, like, there's monsters and magic in the world, and our real world around us yeah. is the idea. But, the, like, the human mind or, like, the, like rejects it. Yeah. And so, like, you would see, like, instead of, like, a troll that smashes a car, you would see a car wreck or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It would be like your mind would your have mind, to yeah, bend it thing. to something. So the idea is that, like, there really is this stuff happening all around us, and we just can't quite take it in. Yeah, which is a neat idea. It's a neat idea. Also, I think they had dumpster mimics. They had dumpster mimics. They had CEOs that were, like, you know, hobgoblins yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And, uh, you know, lots of... Like secret power struggles going on in the real world between D and D factions. It was it was yeah. very dope. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's coming out later this year or next year. But for now, rules compendium, rules compendium. All right, let's talk about comics for the week of February 14th yes. for uh, for Valentine's Day. Yes, I every th- one of these is a Valentine's comic, even if it's nothing it's like. A Valentine's all comic. we're going to talk about how they're all romantic. What yes. makes them romantic? I think this is probably the strongest week of comics that I've seen in a little while. You For me, that, personally. You said that last week. Did I? Yes. I think this is better. Stop being such an optimistic freak. <laughs> <laughs> Very um, well. So let's... Any week in which a Transformers book comes out... We have to uh, mention it first. Yep. We're like, oh, also, like, Duke and Cobra Commander. Like, there's basically three given three weeks of, out of the year, out of the month, we're all going to be happy because sure. we get a new G.I. Joe or, or Transformers. And, and uh, honestly, I can say the same thing about Void Rivals, which is yeah. starting back up pretty yeah, soon. that's right. So yeah, um, this is the fifth issue of the Transformers series. Yep, the and penultimate story, for the first yes. story arc. Yep, every few pages in this, there is something awesome happening. There's such, there's great action. A bunch of characters make their debut or their return. Yep. Um, Let me throw out just like badass. a random small one. Yep, this one like when when Starscream is reviving some some Decepticons, Reflector. The like little camera trip triple robot uh, for, formation uh, is among them, and uh, in the in the scenes that come afterwards, Reflector is a delight. Yes, he is. Um, like a little 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 skeety bastard, but but he's yep. fun. Um, the uh, the the c- central conflict this time, where they're basically the Autobots are trying to get something up and running. The Decepticons come to attack them. There's a but there's a big fight. 
there's a, uh, a one of the really notable Autobot shows up and has a super cool action scene. Yeah, Actually, I, there's like three or four cool action scenes. I was going to say, I will say like 90% of this book is action. It's and it such is a good action. so good. Yeah, and it's, it's got a fantastic closing issue. Yeah, closing they, they had brought in, in the previous issue, I think... Uh, like Wheeljack and yeah. RC has been in. I, I can't remember what issue she's been in, but but she, it's also, she, she's, she's, she's just in this, this one. one. Is yeah. it just in this yep. one? Oh, okay. The, the last one that they brought ah, was okay. Jazz yeah. for like a few minutes because they had a little bit of energon. These 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 characters get some very very cool scenes, yeah. uh, and the bad guys also get some great scenes. Um, but yeah, it's all building to to a final issue. Obviously, we we're not going to spoil it, nope. but there is a really notable ending to this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's exciting. If y'all are reading Transformers, I don't know what to tell you. We all love this book. That's amazing. You should Nick, read this book. I know that you on like uh, like maybe one of the toy websites saw, saw like some people were like talking a little bit of trash about Daniel Warren Johnson's art. Yeah, probably because it doesn't like have that superficial look of the it doesn't like Neil Adams. Well, no, not no, they're, they, they want Dreamwave. Dreamwave, yeah. Ugh, that stuff was hard to read. It was, yeah. It was like you could find it, what they Dreamwave did was good pinups. Yeah, yeah. it was glossy pin-ups. and pinuppy. Yeah, uh, but like they're starting to scrap. His like when you, these action scenes are moving and yep. shaking, and sometimes when somebody gets like taken out, it is the cool. It is really awesome. Transformers fans who don't love this don't deserve Transformers. That's right. <laughs> sure. You know what you get? Gobots. Yeah, you get Gobots. <laughs> And, then, and and you know what? It's a GoBot that's going to get attacked by Drax, like in the Christmas. Yeah, you know special. what? It's Rob Liefeld GoBots. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want, Rob Liefeld GoBots. That's what you get. That's actually, probably what, they, that's probably what they want. Well, we turned kind of angry there, but uh, that's only because we love this book so much. Right. That's the that's that's the Valentine is, is, is element of that yes, one. Is our love, love for it? Yes. Um, <laughs> also, we also loved Action Comics number ten sixty two. Oh man! Now, second the, issue from Jason Aaron. Love, love can be difficult, and the important thing is, Action Comics number ten sixty one sold out almost immediately. <laughs> they have not reprinted it, so you can't get the first part of the story from Randy, us. I have to say, I hated this book because it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> oh, I get what you're going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me hate me, this. Me, me hate. Me hate. Me and hate this book. Me and hate this book. Um, me and hate this book so much. I, I remember I started to talk about the first issue, and you tried to stop me last time, Randy, because you were like, "We didn't have it." But yeah. but this is like it's worth mentioning because we're and, and we're going to mention it also. I'm sure when the trade paperback hits, yeah, uh, because uh, yeah, Aaron is is doing a great job in Superman. This is a kind of spooky, creepy issue. It is. Uh, this is like a bizarro play going through Metropolis, which like I feel like I've seen before, but not as good as this. Well, somehow he got hold of magic. Yes, and so it's it's a magical thing, which you know. Superman that happened, yeah. In the it. first ep- first issue, he like went and like conquered like a the the, the magic nexus world or yeah. something like yeah. that. And there's neat references to like DC magic players throughout yep. this. A few guest stars in this one. Yep. Um, I think Dave, you and I have the same reaction to this. We were reading it and we're like, "Man, this looks a little dark." Or there's like this devastation. There's there's a line in there. We're like, "Okay, Aaron gets Superman." Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's 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 kind of important to me that he. Well, is doing what he's doing because, like, he's made, made, managing to do a story that feels like it has real stakes in it. Yeah. Um, but Superman ain't being punked out. Superman's not being punked out, and it's not going like, not going grim dark or edge lord or anything like that. Yeah. When there's some edge in it, you can t- uh, you kind of know that like he's still rooting for Superman. Yeah. And there is some some neat twists and turns in this. What the what it promises next issue is weird and cool. Yeah. It's it's really really good, well, and I honestly will say. I don't think you have to have read the first issue to read the second one and enjoy it. 
Yeah, you just kind of know that this plague is yeah. happening. And... The moment-to-moment dialogue is fantastic, and it well, has you know, kind of like a, for me at least, it felt very kind of a zombie kind yeah, of yeah. Uh, riff. Kind of like that. Uh, what's interesting, like, so these <laughs> uh, these bizarros, of course, speak opposite style, and, um, and, and everybody's written that before, but the way he does it is kind of chilling. Even this cover, it has a creepy-looking bizarro looking at you, the viewer, and just saying, live. Yes. And we know what that means in bizarro talk, and it's creepy. You don't think it's 90s? He's like, it's live. <laughs> live. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great issue. And the art is fantastic. Yeah, the, uh, the description of, like, uh, like, firefighters are running around, you know, like, people have been bizarroed, and they're yeah. running around starting fires, fires yeah. yep. yeah. and everything is oppositing. Now, it's oppositing in a very comic booky way yeah. that's that's kind of fun and adventurous. Um, <laughs> they take Lois Lane to a very interesting place. They take yeah. Lois Lane to a very interesting place, yeah. yes. Um, so, so yeah, um, that, that's been a delight, and I'm uh, looking forward to every issue of that I think is going to probably be fun so those are two notable uh, continuing books it's a bunch of first issues this week yep uh, let's start with if you find this I'm already dead number one which is not despite its title by James Tinian <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's wild but <laughs> it is probably going to sue but it is by Matt Kent it's by Matt Kent who tends to do sort of weirder things he did Spice yeah. Superb and and he's veered up against horror this isn't quite horror but it's like sci-fi survival survival yeah yep. survival Survive. horror yeah uh, it's, it's, it's from Dark Horse yep it is a a future where the Earth has discovered a planet that they think they can exploit. It's like a, it's like you go through like a dimensional gateway. Yeah. Uh, only there's sort of host, alien hostels. In Very this. hostile but, aliens. But Amer- but we have think we've carved out a little section that is safe for a little, little bit. Right. You know, it's a very it's kind of a Vietnam analog. A, a little, little bit. bit. They've got uh, this yeah. one base. And so there's, there's a reporter. There's a reporter. She's the first embedded reporter going through this squadron of like badass soldiers. Yep. And things go badly. Things go very badly. Yeah. And it seems like that broadly speaking, we're gonna see what happens when this reporter is kind of stuck in this completely like alien world that's yeah. clearly threatening. But also we see glimpses of there's a little bit more depth than just like aliens running around pew pew. Yeah, no, engine. there's a civilization here, and she's getting caught up in it. Yeah, yeah uh, so and also the art on this is fantastic. It is. Uh, I suppose if, if we were to come up with an analog and keeping with the Vietnam thing, it'd be like if somebody uh, was like uh, like what are, what are the ma- one of the major cities in Vietnam? Um, uh, Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh. Is that right? Yeah. No. Okay. Oh, um, uh, if you if you were oh. like like a reporter stuck there in the middle of the war with like. No, but no knowledge of the language. Which probably is a trail, by the way. I'm not sure. It's a yeah, I don't know. It might be. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, no knowledge of the city, and you're like, how can you survive in this? Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. The art's really good. I don't yeah. know who that artist is. Uh, I had Dan to look. McDade. I had to look him up. So he worked on uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and he also did a lot of uh, the Firefly books for Boom. Oh, okay. That's where I know that name. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Firefly it feels like sensibility. Yeah, I can right. see Little that. Ju- He's done a couple of Judge Dreads. Okay. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, this is in that oversized format, which I know some people are not always big on, but it really does let the art show off. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm excited to say that Ho Chi Minh City looks like it might be the largest city. Uh, I know. Yeah, Randy, he knows things. He could have also said Hanoi or Da Nang, but uh, I was trying to remember what the last helicopter out of was. Yep, yep. But yeah, it's a good call. You're gonna win. You, you win the prize. Yay! Oh, he is also uh, drawing right now. Neil before Zod. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. But um, anyway, yeah, this uh, is we great. All, we all so like this one. Reminder: the title is "If You Find This, I'm Already Dead." <laughs> um. There is a new issue of Creepshow, which is the Image comic, but this one is an adaptation of a Joe Hill book. 
yep. called Wolverton Station. It's a, it's a novella or a short story. Yep. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're a Joe Hill fan, if you love Joe Hill, yes, and you love werewolves, you should read this. Sure. By the way, this uh, the previous one. If you don't find this, you're, uh, if you find this, I'm already dead. That's about our uh, love of resources. Yes, our love of resources and uh, America's love of oil, colonialism, <laughs> space oil. <laughs> um, Okay. Let's talk about Satan's love. Oh, Satan's love, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the Infernals. This uh, was a really good first issue, too. Yeah, so the pitch of this, it's kind of succession-y, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, a little succession. But so. I, I, to me, it sounded like the premise of King Lear. Because is it, okay. so you've got, I believe, the son of Satan? Yes, it's running, the running hell? I'm, I'm, He's, so we've he, read this. You've read it, so Dave, you go Dave's ahead. made a sign based on the premise. You've read the comic. <laughs> All right, yeah, hit me. So the, uh, this guy is the, the son of Satan, the Antichrist, is dying of cancer. Yes, he's pretty salty about it, and he has turned uh, Satan's on Earth into a like a corporation. Yep. it's like an evil corporation that does bad things. Yep, and he has. It's also House of Ushery. I was going to say that was what my he's brain. Got, he's got three offspring, to. and one of them he has to leave. His 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 uh, his father by way of the talking goat, uh, Sam. Uh, yeah, Sam, uh, who is like the the intermediary intermediary between Satan and him. He, he's like his second in command, yep. and he's telling him, look. You have you can't put one of your people you try you've got to put one of your kids in charge. It's gotta be your bloodline. Right. And so and the people he the, the have kids he's got he's, he's got one who's a big snot. <laughs> yep. Uh he's got one who's a little girl who is uh basically her what's her, her big brother calls her constant uh a little Columbine. Because yep. she's mm-hmm. causing trouble in high school. And the other one is uh the one in like West Africa or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who, who's causing he's like, like he's like basically causing uh, uh like genocide. war and genocide, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and basically, he's, he has to give them one of them. He's got, one of them has to take over. And the, for an and the father doesn't trust any of them. Honestly, yes. yeah. Uh, Do you know the premise of King Lear? No, it's a king divided up his kingdom into thirds and asking which of his three uh, daughters should get the kingdom. Interesting. So it's definitely a ref. It's definitely yeah. A, Look at the big brain on Dave. But um, <laughs> the um, it's also clearly an expanded upon yeah. idea yeah. version yeah. of it. Um, I I imagine this may have been like a. One of these like King Lear meets Succession kind of pitches. Yeah, I suspect it probably was because I didn't. I didn't get King, King Lear, Lear meets Succession in hell. In hell, but this is a really it's it's dark. Yep. Uh, it's it's a little edgy. It but is it's funny and it's clever and the art. I like the art too. The sort of painting. Yeah, was really good. Yeah. And then there's a, a, a nice little stinger at the end yep. that uh, can lead to some other directions yeah. as well. Yeah. This is this was really good. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, if you love hell, if you love hell. If yeah. you love Succession. Um, all right, let's uh, let's let's. See. There's also uh, there's sinister sons, a father's love for their for their two sons. It's about a lack of love. I was going to say a it's lack, a lack of, of love. love. Yes, but the what's the front page cover, Dave? It's it's at the very it's on the on the on the cover itself. Uh, bad, mad, and angry at dad. That is what it says. <laughs> so this is sinister sons, the flip side of super sons from DC yeah. from years back. You went back. By the and you same had writer. like uh, what was it? Yeah, same writer. Uh, it was uh, Damian Wayne and Jonathan Kent, yep. the two sons, sons of Batman, sons, son of Superman. This has instead the son of Sinestro mm-hmm. and the son of General Zod, uh, who's by the way his mom is Ursa. So uh, they're, they're they're definitely running with the trio from the from the movie. I'm glad those crazy kids finally got together. Good, good for them. Yeah. Um, now um, I guess the there was a there's a backup story in I think one of the Green Lantern books that had been doing a little bit with. Uh, 
Sinestro's son and then Zod's son had shown up in the other. Yeah. So essentially, they've each kind of got their own thing going on. Uh, Sinestro's kid was like carving out like a little area on this lawless planet for yeah. himself. He's made his own thing, gang called like the Cinnason Corps or something like that. Yeah. And then, um, and he's actually, what, he's also kind of wanting to, I think, prove he's the son of Sinestro. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's essentially, he's like, I need to find him and beat him up and get a DNA test. Yep. <laughs> this is sort of what it is. Kind of a boy named Sue kind of deal. A little bit. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I forget uh, what the deal was with Zod. He's... I think it's also a, a like, you're, you're, go prove you're worthy of me. Right. And he, their, their paths end up intersecting. Uh, and I believe they're going to become well, probably frenemies, frenemies. at first, yeah. and then and we'll see if it if it gets better uh, to to better more than that. Uh, but it's fun. I think if you liked the Super Sons vibe, and I know a fair number of people did, does uh, Peter Tomasi? Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a solid chance you'll you'll enjoy watching the Bad Boy version yep. of it. Speaking of Bad Boys, there's a new Red Hood. Yep, yeah. Uh, Red Hood, the Hill number one, which the last. Last week we got the reprint that was uh, the the Batman the Zero issue. Yeah, well, Zero issue reprinted the Batman and Robin or Batman whatever that in, uh, anthology book is. Yeah, yes. uh, Brave the Bolt. This is original stuff. This is the first issue. He has a new neighborhood in Gotham that's so bad, not even Batman will go there. So they say. Um, it's the Hill, and uh, I haven't read yet this yet. I like the art in it. Nick, did you, read, did you read this? Um, yeah, it's it's just kind of this opening issue is sort of building up kind of the characters that are in it, uh, like and Jason's kind of place in the I think structure. I think of he it seems all. like he's a little off camera for portions of it. So it's like, who well, are the he's like building we're up a, out about. So there's a character named Strike, yep, uh, who's kind of like not their Nightwing, but basically like a vigilante that is uh, kind of running the hill at the moment. Uh, so it sounds like it's doing okay. It's fine. They got their vigilante. Fine. Yeah, they've got a whole group, and Jason is kind of like, kind of inserting himself and putting and bringing them as a team, as he okay. is known to do occasionally with like his outsiders. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Jason Todd deserves to have his own Bloodhaven. That's a good idea. I yep. said outsiders. I meant outlaws. Yes. And uh, and yeah, and people are always looking for more Red Hood stuff. Yeah. So yep. here so he yeah. is. He's got it. So if you love the Red Hood. Um, uh, and then he's also red is like it's red the is color, color of hearts. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's like it's basically a red rose uh, of a book, but that rose has been stained by blood. Yes, Dave. Um, I'm curious how you're going to tie this one into love. Night Thrasher number one. <laughs> Who doesn't love skateboarding? First of all, <laughs> okay, good call, good call. So this is um, this is Night Thrasher coming back. He's been around, but he's kind of been uh, out of out of the public eye for a while. Those are like VH ones. I love the eighties. Yeah. I love the nineties. I love the New Warriors. This is a, this is an I love the nineties thing. Yeah. That's that was the uh, era of the New Warriors. Silhouette, his his on again off again girlfriend from New Warriors is in here. There's another New Warrior who shows up. It is definitely a uh, lot of a lot of nods to the New Warriors continuity. If you're if you're a fan of that, when we were um, talking about Night Thrasher yesterday, because I haven't read much New Warriors. I think we decided he was like kind of like a a, a younger skateboarding Batman. He's a younger yep. skateboarding. He had Batman. kind of a similar yep. origin, and uh, but what if Batman went extreme? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I always liked Night Thrasher. He seemed like a terrible idea when they created him, but then actually, maybe Nessie has did a lot of work somehow on it came him, through, and it worked. I, I think he's a good character. Yeah. Um, we've got Scarlet Witch getting a sort of relaunch with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, still yep. from Steve Orlando. So. Still got Darcy in there. If you're uh, if you enjoyed the last series, I think you're going to enjoy this one. If you're interested in, in brotherly and sisterly love, uh, sure. Scarlet Witch. Pardon me, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, not that. Not that kind. Let's not, not the ultimate universe of <laughs> no. old. Uh, but this is, um, it's funny because they, they open this and they're like, there's some kind of disaster going on. And she, people are talking about, she's talking about people being rescued by a sarcastic blur, which is just a great description of Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, there's some fun interplay between her and Quicksilver and Darcy. Uh, so cool. if you've been liking that book, or if you've not read it before, read it before, you got a jumping on point to try it out. Uh, and they're uh, they're using a somewhat obscure Fantastic Four villain. Yeah. So kind of fun. Uh, we got Dutch number one, Nick. Yeah, I mean, if you love uh, violence and old '90s image comic properties, you're you're gonna love Dutch. I actually thought uh, Joe Casey's version of this uh, character as sort of an older Cable-like character who's getting back in the game after uh, he's like a washed-up super soldier, like yeah. thirty years. Yeah, yeah. Like, in other words, it's the real-time gap between a '90s image hero and the present. Yeah, yeah. And has passed. He's a little out of the game, a little older, uh, but still kind of a badass. But he was already old in the nineties. Yep. Well, he's older. Now. He's even older, but he's still kicking ass, taking names. Because I think isn't he in World War Two? Wasn't he an immortal for, or like at least a slow aging from World War Two or something? I'm not sure. I, I thought I'm, he was. I'm not super familiar with the okay. character, uh, but I really, really like the art in this, which yeah. is. Uh, uh, who did that? Simon Gain? Oh, I remember that name. Yeah, I'm not familiar He's with Andy Watson on a few things. Okay, which. it's it's gorgeous, uh, and it does action really really well. So I'm I'm down for this. It's got a little bit of John Wickish vibes. Okay, so uh, yeah. another image number one, the cabinet number one. Dave, you found a a pitch for this for the sign. I think it was something meets something, and I can't one. remember what it was. It was. Uh, Constantine meets Clarissa explains, explains it, all. it all. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I was like, that is an interesting sounding premise. I've not read it yet. The art looked kind of cool, um, but uh, but I have not tried it yeah. yet. There's a there's a number of image number ones this week, isn't yeah, there? There is. And then there's uh, AWA, which is the uh, one of the smaller publishers, has U and I. That's U letter U and ampersand I letter I. I know that the U is like the name of a superhero. Okay. Um, and I believe a a civilian, a normal person, falls for the superhero, and so it actually is like a Valentine's thematic comic or main oh, series. Yeah, anyway. it's, a, it's a superhero romance. Yes, by uh, J. But, Michael Straczynski. Right. I think incorporating the kind of realism that he did way back on uh, what was what was his Top Cow one. Oh man, not Midnight Nation. Rising Stars. Rising Stars, Stars. and and then and for Marvel he did uh, Supreme Power. Right. So elements of those, but uh, but a love story of sorts. I, I haven't read this one yet either. I don't know if it's a dark love story or just a somewhat more realistic take. Just on Just flipping through, it looks a little dark. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I want to mention the trade. Uh, Titan has, Titan Books got the the rights for Conan. They've been doing a new Conan book by Jim Zub, the guy who has been. Uh, killing it on Dark Dungeons and Dragons uh, with beautiful art by Rob De La Torre. So it's yep. Conan the Barbarian, bound in black stone, which is a very Conan name. Yeah, people people are really enjoying that new Conan. Yeah, it's been it's been every issue has been selling out. So if you want to get it, it, the art of this is just spectacular. If memory serves, visually it was kind of an homage to like the very best of Marvel's eighties. Conan yeah. stuff that like John Buscema's work. John Buscema, but all, who did the, the Prince Valiant stuff? Uh, that was Hal Foster. It's got that Prince Valiant vibe Ooh, to it a little detail, bit too. Yeah. Really detailed, and beautiful, and yeah. So if you're if you're in the market for some Conan, that trade is out this week. Um, other single issues: Vengeance of Moon Knight number two, which uh, 
basically definitively says this Numa Knight is not Mark Spector, but it's not told us who he is. Right. So they're going to keep up the mystery, and it's they're doing a lot of good stuff with the supporting cast. Uh, it's still Jed McKay building up, you know, what he's been doing on that on that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Deviant number four. Yes. I'm sad that I haven't read this yet because that, that has been one of my favorite dark comics Man, lately. You remember how good that uh, Fincher show that's never going to finish on Netflix was? Mind Hunter. Hunter. Mind Hunter. Yeah. This feels above a piece with that. Yeah. Except gay. Uh, yeah, it, well, because it involves interviewing someone in prison, uh, it definitely calls to that to mind. It's It's got some good creepy stuff, and it's, it's definitely getting to the can you pursue cre- you know, can you pursue killers without becoming mad yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, um... The Usagi Yojimbo's Return to Dark Horse wraps up with Isis No. 5. <laughs> There's an issue of Superior Spider-Man No. 4, which feels like this may be like a six-issue miniseries. Okay. But it's a good... It's Peter and, and Doc Ock sort of going out in their mindscape again, which is interesting. Um, and, and I think uh, Slot has found an interesting way to bring those characters back and a reason to bring them back. Uh, any other single issues for y'all on your, your stacks? Uh, I think the only one other one that I wanted to mention was uh, Green Lantern Number 8. Uh, you know, I've been kind of casually keeping up with Green Lantern. Um, let's see, Jeremy Adams writing. Uh, I don't know this artist. Uh, um, Amonse Nehuelpan? Uh, and that could be Amonke. I, I don't know. Don't know the artist but it, But there's interesting stuff going on with, like, the... Basically, the United Planet... The, the, the Owens, the, the Guardians, that is, right. are not running things right now. It's like the United... Planets or the United Federation or something, right, right, and uh, so uh, and meanwhile, there's some big cosmic stuff going on, and Hal wants to leave Earth, but that seems to be one of the things he can't do is the ring will not let it's him like leave Earth. He's right? quarantined, yep. and the, it's like the quarantine is so powerful it extends to like magic levels. So like he goes and he talks to like Madame Xanadu and stuff in this, um, and uh, it's interesting, and and I like the art. There's also a backup story that Ron Mars is doing with... Was was Dale Eaglesham the original artist on yes. that era? Yeah. Um, that, that shows kind of what Kyle is up to, and it looks like the... Uh, what's her name? Um, the, the Green Lantern who got the, had the miniseries, and he calls her... It's not Samantha Cruz. It's... She's going to be the next issue. Uh, Sojourner is what she goes oh, by yeah, yeah. as her as her Green Lantern name. Yeah, uh, it's Joe, Joe Mullen, I think, is yeah. like as a regular name, but Sojourner, yeah. Um, anyway, she is recruiting, and it seems like each issue of this backup story is her recruiting somebody else, and I kind of quite enjoy this. In a way, it's a recap of just Kyle's early years and kind of what his vibe was, and he's he's talking to a Lantern construct of his girlfriend, I believe. Yep. Uh, and he's also constructed a coffee shop around him just to give himself a uh, a, a image to talk to. Uh, but I, I, I like seeing a, kind of a classic Rainer. He's got the classic look. And uh, it looks like they're going to do this with uh, Jessica Cruz next issue. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, nice. I'm liking the Green Lantern stuff. Cool. Nick, you got anything else of note? No, no. I'm... All right. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about a bunch of movie trailers that came in the Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. All right, there was a Super Bowl, and when there's a Super Bowl, there are many movie trailers. The Superb Owl is here. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we're going to talk about a bunch of trailers. Uh, no particular order. Yep. Uh, just the order Let's I just put. start knocking them out. All right. Let's talk about Damsel. We've talked about this a little bit before. We saw a teaser for it. 
Um, this was, uh, this is... Netflix. Netflix's, uh, it's got, what's her name? Uh... Eleven. Yes. It has Robin Wright. <laughs> None of us can come up with the name of her. Uh, does she have three names? She has three names. Haley Joel Osmond. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby hey, Brown. we got her. <laughs> the Ward Association, we got that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, As playing kind of the princess so a little it's, bit. It's a kingdom run by Robin Wright's The Princess. Yes. This is the first. We've or seen the a queen. teaser trailer. She's a queen. She's we've queen. seen a teaser trailer, but this is the first trailer that kind of tells the story. Yep. Possibly too much of the story. Sure, yeah. so but basically, continue. Basically, she is a she's a princess, she, or she's not a princess. She seems like she is a, maybe a commoner who she's gets married, married to a prince, yep. to become a princess, and then discovers on her wedding night or whatever that she is in fact a sacrifice. They throw her to this pit, which has a dragon, and they've been doing this for decades. And it's not just like a pit, but like a a, a tangle of caverns and yeah, it's like, like an under, it's like the underdark. Yeah, it's like the um, fantasy version of Ready or Not. Uh, I was about to say <laughs> conceptually, it is actually quite close to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and then yeah, in the trailer you see her kind of going in like with a big puffy princess dress, and, and becoming then becoming survivalist, becoming badass. more survivalist Tomb Raider looking as she traverses the territory. Uh, I liked knowing more of the story, and I think that's a good premise. It's, yeah. it, it's a kind of cool trailer to me. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. You know, I'm I, I to see it. I saw some some. Uh, this got posted on a, a page, I, uh, like a, a Facebook page I'm on, with yeah. a, a lot of uh, Gen Xers and Boomer types. Um, which, as a, as a Gen Xer, I know we're it as bad as Boomers in some ways. And they were all like, "Ugh, Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, they're going to try and pretend that women are as strong as guys." Like uh, basically, all the reasons that this movie, a movie like this, gets made, they demonstrated instantly. I will fight the men of my generation. <laughs> yeah, Have they people, need to. Do these people forget? Ellen Ripley and <laughs> well, the point I think is supposed to be in this. Oh, she's just she's a little princess. She doesn't look like she could swing a That's sword bullshit. or whatever. But here's the thing: she's not like fighting hordes of people. She is not presented as Xena. No. This is a survival story. Yeah. She is scraping through, and she's all beat up and battered can, and stuff. Can we throw those people in pits with dragons and oh, see what I happens? Like to. I've got <laughs> if only. Now, uh, I don't think we should present your theory, Randy. No, which my I, theory I think is true. But I think your theory is probably true, and it would actually, I think, be a satisfying way for the story to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like the... Um, uh, but it does look cool to me. Uh, yeah, you I'm know, looking forward to this. I'm, you know kind of a sucker for the, the, the formula of something like this and the sudden realization in a way it's like suddenly finding out your in-laws are like it's like the a super extended version of like I don't like my in-laws yeah yeah. Um, but it's like if they, they put on creepy cult masks yes. and throw you in a pit with a dragon throw you in a pit with a dragon not yeah. cool bro not as bad yeah it's, it's, it's still might be worse than, so bad now, than a homophobic uncle yeah yeah. Um, I think this is uh, this released on Thanksgiving I think right it's like super early or is oh. that something else we saw? No, this is in March. This oh, is released okay. in March. Okay. There was something we saw in the trailer for it was like Thanksgiving, and I remember what it was. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, um, teaser for Inside Out Two. Just a little quick one. Yep. Yeah, second like one a, done. Was this, this looks really this, good. This was essentially like a short scene, probably a little edited down. Yep. But yep. but so uh, you know, uh, I think we all like the original Inside yep. Out. Yep. Very touching, very funny. Yep. Um, and it's you know it's the little internal. Uh, what controllers the emotions that uh, yep. each each emotion would, represented by a character that run a little girl yep. and we all have them in us but the focus is on her and she's a little older now and is about to uh, the new emotion of anxiety is about to enter yep. her world as she's like played by Maya Hawk. Yep. Oh right, right. As she's entering her teen years. Uh, in this particular trailer, it shows her the gamut of emotions going on as she's playing on a hockey game. Yep. Yep. Um, I forget what all is in there, but I know anger gets his anger, moment. Yeah, disgust. 
Uh, right, right. She accidentally puts in the wrong person's mouthpiece in her yeah. mouth guard. Uh, anyway, I thought it was a good little teaser. It's fun. Uh, this will probably tell you a lot about my friend group, but there's been some interesting speculation. I don't think Disney would do this. I don't think they're brave enough. But they noticed that all the emotions in Mom and Dad's head were all male or female. Yep. Whereas it's mixed in her head. Uh-huh. And that could just be a developmental thing, but they're wondering if maybe Riley is trans. <laughs> and, and that would be an interesting thing to do. I don't think there's any way they're going to do that. But if she reaches sort of puberty and that kind of thing, they may get in. That that would be an interesting thing for them to do. Or at least it may be the kind of thing that she brings up as a topic and the parents yeah. just hadn't considered. Yeah. Um, if Disney did that, that'd be huge and it'd be very cool probably too cool for them. There's no way they'll do it. But they would also cool. potentially take a lot of heat and, yeah. and, and financial heat, which is the biggest thing. Yeah. But anyway, um, well, it's not like I, any of the last four Pixar movies have made money back. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're like, fuck it, let's just start doing <laughs> Let's start telling some real stories. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I, I I really liked Inside Out, and I'm looking forward to seeing them go forward with these characters. Yeah. There's a lot of sequels from Disney this It's year. a strong concept. Well, but this one is what I'm looking forward what to. what Iger said at Disney yeah, they're, 100. They're, they're, they're like focusing of, on sequels. They're doing a lot of sequels. There's not a lot of originality yeah. from this year. Uh, Luckily, this happens to be a sequel to a very strong concept that that can, I think, continue. Like, hopefully, it, it, originality it feels... can be found in the sequels. Speaking well, of sequels, even even just the introduction of anxiety and the new emotions you hit, basically, at puberty, oh, yeah. no, that... is a pretty good continuation. Speaking of sequels and what Disney is or is not comfortable with, yep, we have the Deadpool and Wolverine twi- teaser. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about Peggy? Let's talk about Peggy. <laughs> so yeah, they uh... we're continuing the love theme. The trip. Y'all know how I feel about Deadpool. And if you don't, I hate Deadpool. I hate the character. Yes, but you've seen both the Deadpool movies. But I've seen both Deadpool movies. I like Ryan Reynolds' version of Deadpool. Yeah. He's not unlike, say, She-Hulk. He's the he's a joke, he's a jester character. He fits he fits the bug, Bugs Money mold. Like they have made there's a version of Deadpool that works for me. Yes. And Ryan Reynolds is that version. Yeah. You know what? Every um, so often a writer will touch it like Gail Simone did. I think part of the problem that we had in the comics, Randy, and, I, and I, I'm less bothered by him now because he's less ubiquitous than he was, say, yeah. five or ten years ago. Yeah. It's just that he was everywhere. He would basically kind of show up and make and like fart in the room yeah. uh, in the and middle of it, like it, an Avengers meeting. It and kills the under the, the underpinnings of the universe. Yeah, it's it's like uh, I mentioned to somebody the other day. I, I she Hulk conceptually kind of preceded Deadpool. She broke the fourth yeah. wall, like, I don't know, five or ten years at least before him. Yeah. Um, and, but she kind of only did it in her own comic when she would be in the Avengers or the FF. She, was she wasn't be, talking, yeah. She wasn't yeah. doing that. Um, and and Deadpool was just like 24-7, but also appearing everywhere. So it was really oversaturation. I mind the character a lot less when he's not oversaturated, and he's not too oversaturated right at the moment. Yeah. Well, I still... He will be when the movie hits. There's a lot of bad ways know. to write Deadpool, and I've seen most of those. The rare the rare ones like Joe Kelly or Gail Simone can <laughs> write Deadpool that I like. This feels like that Deadpool. For one thing, I want Deadpool to be goofy because he knows... Because he's kind of nihilistic, because his world shattered, because he's kind of... Yeah. Not because he's a moron. Right. So what if you write him like he's a moron? Well, I mean, he was mostly trying to kill himself in the last one because his world got destroyed. Yeah, well, uh, this one, I mean, this this makes more sense because Ryan Reynolds is like, he's playing him as a smart, snarky, like yeah. a Bugs Bunny type. Yeah. That's all I want from him. So let's, um, and by the way, I am more hardcore than you, Randy, because I've never even never seen, seen the, the movies, Deadpool yeah. movies, yeah. And, and nobody will convince me to. Uh, like, I'm not even, gonna try to. I've actually, like, I've seen clips, and they're actually pretty funny. Yep. I'm just obstinate. Yeah. Um, but I will agree. This is a good trailer. Uh, begins with a 
birthday party for Deadpool. Yep. yep. With all of the supporting cast, including yep. Rob, Mac- Rob Mac- McElhaney. Uh, was who's that guy? Cable? He's a British comedian. Uh, yeah. Was Cable in there? No, he wasn't. Cable I wasn't Star sure if that was if he, he was in that mix. No, no. Shatterstar, um, his wife. Domino, yeah. was she there? No, Domino wasn't there. Well, those are the only ones I know. <laughs> if it's not Cable or Domino, no, who else is there? Vanessa, who's back yeah. after the second movie. Um, the the girl, uh, teenage not Negasonic oh Negasonic teenage warhead yep, yep. and her and, and her girlfriend uh, why can I th- Amy Yumi Amy? Or? I don't know whatever yeah. anyway bunch of blind owl yes. bunch of supporting cast. Uh, no weasel because TJ uh, what's his name is this, terrible this is a terrible person and uh, and Deadpool shot him and Deadpool shot him <laughs> uh, but uh, this birthday party is interrupted by the TVA yeah time variance authority from Loki and I was like man. That's good. You've it's got a good, it's a good use. That's, of it. that's a so basically they bring him in. They're telling me he's special, and I figure he's special because he knows he can break the fourth wall. Yeah, I have a feeling that. And if that's the case, they should bring in She Hulk too. That would make me happy. There's no way they're going to oh, do it, man. but it made me so happy if She Hulk was in this. Let me just tell you something. If She Hulk shows up in this movie. I'll You'll go see, see it. it. All right. <laughs> And I'll retroactively go see the earlier ones. Wow. But he calls himself uh, Marvel Jesus. Marvel Jesus, yes. <laughs> yep. And when he sees the uh, batons that they're threatening him with, like the stun batons or whatever, he says, he's, he, you know, he's, he's like, like... Pegging isn't new to me, but yeah. it is the Disney. <laughs> yes. And, the and then he does, like, he straight looks the at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Ryan Reynolds' delivery. Ryan Reynolds is great at this. Yeah. Um, but the action looks really, really the good. good. There's um, a big action montage. Pyro yeah. shows up. Yep, Pyro, uh, who hasn't played... That actor has not played Pyro in, what, 20 years? Nope. 15 Possibly years? Possibly Cassandra Nova shows up. We're not sure. But, uh, there's speculation. Wolverine yep. seems to show up in his patch uh, outfit. Which is awesome, because that means we get Madripoor. Be, well, we've already had Madripoor. I know, but we get it in a larger... Yeah. Hopefully a lot. We haven't seen Patch Drapoor. Patch Drapoor. But anyway, <laughs> it's all still teased. Like, we don't know what the story's about. No. Uh, but it's a good teaser. Really I'm definitely going to see this. I... This is the only Marvel movie we're getting this year, and yeah. so I needed it to be good. So I'm 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 pretty happy about. This. When you go to see it, Randy, you have to wear a Deadpool fan number one I shirt. Will not, sir. <laughs> I'll give you a mask. You can wear a mask. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Nope. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess it's not the only Marvel movie this year because we are also getting Craven and uh, Madame Web, which apparently is great. Oh yeah, <laughs> reviews doing have been so well. the reviews have been universal. <laughs> yeah, universal. It's true. <laughs> Everyone agrees. I'm still sad about it. It was a chance for a yeah. female-led superhero to be something. It was a chance. And instead, um, it's, a, it's a burning to the ground as quick as Morbius. Yeah. Or it looks like it's going to It sounds like it might be worse than Morbius. It, it, it kind of feels what Sony does. I think yeah. the Venom movies are kind yeah. of an aberration. Venom movie. Yeah, I guess the second one was not very good. The second one was not good. Yeah. No, Sony needs to have their toys taken away from them, because they do not know how to play with them, and they are breaking them. <laughs> uh, all right. Because uh, Fox had their toys taken away from them, and I'm pretty happy about it. And Marvel, um, yes, and Marvel's utilizing them in good yeah. ways. Um, more, tra- more, t- more sequels because it is you know sequels. That's um, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. This is the fourth movie in this series, uh, right? Yes, because I know I saw two, you missed the, the third, okay. and that this is a new one. Yeah. And it kind of like the last trailer I thought was great, and I was like, man, I guess I might want to go ahead and. Rewatch the first two and see the third now. Third one's really good. This this the the third trailer was even better. The 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 third trailer like was the one where they started to really visually like sort of sync up with the original one. Yeah, they showed like the wild humans uh, being hunted and stuff, just like in the old Charlton Heston movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with their own take on it, it's not going to be the exact same story, and there's no indication of a Charlton Heston type character. Yeah, but it, it's that era. 
And then, yeah, this new trailer is, like, it's great. I um, think the thing they've done to make this franchise work is they took away the space travel aspect of it. Because the original movie was all about, you know, astronauts landing on this planet and the big twist. Right. Yeah. And this is about how this planet, beco- how Earth becomes the planet of the apes. They po- turning it yeah. into sort of a post-apocalyptic story. Yeah. And I think that that's a good way to distinguish it from the originals, which there's nothing wrong with. Well, you know, the original several movies, essentially, they, they backtracked. There was some time travel stuff. And then they kind of showed how it all happened. And then uh, once they were done with that original thing, though, there wasn't a lot of time travel. Yeah. Um, so, weirdly, the movies, as they went along, became closer to what they are now. Oh, interesting. It's just that the special effects are much better now. And this yeah. one is a sequel to the last trilogy. It just takes place, like, 150 years after. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we I've liked all of these. I've seen all three of the, yeah. the others. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. There's still a great trailer. Yeah, clear cut sort of line drawn. Even though we don't know all the characters between sort of the more fascist oriented some of the leaders, mm-hmm. uh, we see some people who seem like they could be sympathetic to humans and yep. um, uh, maybe helping them out um, and. Lots of, like, really, really amazing special effects and cool scenes. You know that one? There is one where this, like, sort of silverback gorilla-style dude is, like, chasing... Is it a girl? Yeah. Yeah, it's Uh, a young girl that is apparently smarter than uh, the other humans. Oh, okay, she's, yeah. Right. And he's chasing her, like, full run, and she's, like, like, leaping over a rock or some obstacle... And he's, like, just, like, two feet behind her and leaping for her. And there's, like, another ape that's coming from the opposite direction who's, like, trying to grab her and save her. And they cut away before you see what happens. But it is a cool-looking, one of many cool moments on it. Oh, the girl who's in it, Freya Allen, plays uh, Siri on Witcher. So that's going to be the main, like, human in this. Okay. I like her a lot. She's good, so. I I don't know. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, it looks good. same. Uh... Another trailer that I think we're all hoping for it to be good, Twisters. <laughs> yes. This one, unfortunately, doesn't like show a whole lot. It's mostly chasing, uh, tornado stuff flying around. There's some big personalities in it that you see. Yep. Uh, who's the guy? They, what do they who's call the lead, him? Nick? His name is Glenn Powell. He's been in uh, Top Gun Maverick. He was in Dark Knight Rises. He's been he's been in things you would recognize. And he's got a couple of big upcoming ones he's like Hitman. This, he's and, playing this reality show dude who is like a tornado chaser. Yes, yeah, like a like a, a TikTok famous kind of dude, probably. Right, yeah. And then uh, and and his cohort is the daughter of of this uh, character Billy the Extreme. Billy the Extreme and, and uh, Helen Hunt's Joe. character Joe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, Daisy Edgar Jones. Christ, Joe. <laughs> that means, by the way, that she is the great niece of uh, Meg, who could show up again <laughs> with her crazy house. Although, I guess she would have to rebuild that house. So there was a line in that this... would like. I'll tell you though, if they can manage to get Meg, if they get Meg in there, yeah. Or kind of any of the other ones, like dude who played uh, Ferris Bueller's, uh, yes, who played Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. Uh, if if they could get him Alan in there, Ruck. obviously Helen Hunt would be a big thing, but yes. we don't know. I'm um, sure she's in this. I, I thought we heard she was in. This, I bet. So, I, I, but. We have not heard. Okay. There has been no talk. Okay. Uh, the, I mean, there are other people like Anthony. Ramos. She's the Meg. What if they go to her house? Oh my god! And she makes small pants. We know that Anthony Ramos. You is mean in Meg? It? Like not Megalodon? No, I mean Meg. a Megalodon. What if she's a Megalodon? Oh my gosh. Yeah, Anthony Ramos from Transformers, yep. Rise of the Beasts, yep. and uh, In the Heights. I think you mean Stalker. Uh, it's possible. <laughs> uh, Kieran Shipka is in it, who, oh, okay. uh, from right. Sabrina. Yep. 
And also uh, Superman himself, David Cornsweet, the new uh, the newly new Superman. New Superman he is also Superman himself. That could be twenty different actors. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> so so there was a line in this trailer that I thought was interesting. That she said that we wanted to kill a tornado. Yes. And I'm wondering if they're trying to like utilize like the uh, Dorothy Dorothy technology in order to stop a tornado from occurring. That'd be cool. And I Probably think that so. is a that is a really or, cool like, idea. Find a way to dissipate it. Yeah. Know. And I thought I was like, okay, we're doing a little sci-fi. We're doing. I like it. Sure. I, I like that idea. And the thing that kind of gives me a lot of hope is this. I think Lee Isaac Chung is not a like a traditional... Who's... He did a movie called Minari that was really, really okay, good yeah, about yeah. with uh, Stephen Young. He also did that uh, much maligned episode of The Mandalorian about the the scientist. Oh, so I like that, was that a good episode. episode. I, 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 but people were like, what the hell does oh, this have to do dumb. with it? Well, people are dumb. People I, can I, suck I it. People on the internet, they can suck it. <laughs> but he is a very talented... <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day! <laughs> <laughs> he is a very talented director that does yeah. usually character-driven stories. So My, him doing kind of a, a kind of larger-than-life action film is is kind of cool here, idea. Here's, here's the thing: my bar for this is pretty low. Twisters, it, it can if it's dumb, I'm going to be okay with it. But at the same time, it's got to be a certain kind of fun dumb. If it's boring, right. that'll be the death knell. Well, I My w- only worry: there's no Dusty character in this trailer. It's true. Was said I wanted somebody, but fun. I do feel like. You Believe can hold out for the fun. first full serious yeah. trailer to do that character. Yeah. Um, and uh, by the way, I think having that a, char- a d- character-oriented director is good because Twister, in its all its ridiculousness, yeah. does still need to have a little bit of like that grounded. Oh, is 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 his uh, like uh, well, fiance? Is he going to get together with her or the, the old? The characters, work, the characters, the ensemble is what worked about Twister. That's yeah. what made well, Twister so much. And fun. the main story in Twisters was not the Twisters; it was like the destruction of a marriage and yeah. Yeah. The re- <laughs> but also, but also the Twisters. Yeah. And also the ridiculous ensemble of characters. In a way, the real Twister. Was uh, marital strife the friends yes. we made all along? <laughs> um, uh, here, here's what I need. Also, need to happen in this movie. I need an over crammed soundtrack. Yeah. So that every one of the characters who's uh, on the team has to have like some music they're listening yes, to. Yes, for sure. I, I don't think it's like a given that people will they will hit the mark of everything we want. But I feel like there's a blueprint. It, it's a solid know. trailer. It's, it's a, a solid it's, trailer. It's yep. not embarrassing. And that's no. what all I need. The effects look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, characters yeah. look potentially fun. Yeah. Did we hear Twister's growl? I don't know if we did. Uh, you know, I thought I actually did in that first did, one while I was, was there talking a over it. I missed it. <laughs> I think because I was talking over it. All right. Um, we got one more sequel trailer, and that is Quiet Place Day One. Uh, that is rolling back to the first day in, like, Manhattan when the aliens invaded. We've seen this from a sort of small town. Yeah, it's yeah. a funny thing. When we started watching this, somebody was uh, like, Randy, I think you were like, wait, yeah. didn't we already we see saw day that one? one. Day we're one. like, we, we did, actually. In small towns. Um, that was like the dramatic 10-minute, maybe 15-minute opening yeah. of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yep. But yes, here, it's like that, but in a big city. Yeah. I'm a little worried this may not have three movies worth of material to it. You know, I think there's, I think there's a story to be told here. I, I the trailer is good, and, and Nick pointed out this is the, it's like the other colony. It's like the, it's yeah, like the Tailies from Lost. Yes, yeah. a little bit like that. But this apparently it started. I mean, Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o. She in doesn't. It, yeah. She chooses really good movies. Yeah. She has a, a, a unique talent, and I know Jimon Hansu shows yeah. up, and he was great yeah. in the the second one, uh, and also. I know I harp on directors, but this is directed by Michael Cernowski, who did the movie Pig with Nicolas Cage. Oh, I like Pig. And that was one of those kind of quiet, but really, really well, well done films. This is the first quiet place that is not done, not directed by, by Krasinski. Uh, by Krasinski. 
let me ask you this because I don't quite remember the second one that well. Um, did um, what's his name? Who's now? Did he? Did he win an Oscar? Um, he is, the Oscars no. haven't happened, but he no. will. Um, you know, talking about from Oppenheimer. Killian Murphy, Murphy was in yeah. that, right? Yes, he was. He played uh, kind of the person who gets her to. Was he the, part of that yeah. other colony? No, he was a kind of he a was loner, like his old buddy, loner, right? An old yeah, buddy yeah. Uh, that was close to their house, but he okay. ends up like shepherding her. So we're not going to gonna the... expect him to show up in this. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Okay, although it'd be kind of they could cameo it at the end or something. He'd be like, but... "I am an actor now." I mean, unless they're going to jump. I mean, it's day one, so that's like a year later. Yeah, that's right. true. But, I mean, he could be if he's there. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, it would probably come down to if that actor particularly wanted to do it or not. I am, I am interested in seeing this. Yeah, I, I thought two was not as good as one, but it was also it was good. It was well made, but I also like. I, I, I think I found my my brain, which is not usually like trying to pick apart movies in particular. Yeah. Uh, was doing a was a, doing a little bit of like oh why would they do this why would you take that risk there, or... there is a little bit of, of uh, almost a predator thing where in trying to keep the, the aliens so mysterious they're nothing more than sort of boogeymen right yeah and then it becomes a problem the more the longer you go the more that becomes a problem agreed you know what I would like to kind of see in this that they they started to hint at it. Uh, uh, in the trailer, there's like find out why, and then like then it's like the world went quiet, and I was like, I want to know why the aliens came to our world. Yeah. Uh, I want that revealed, which I don't know how they do that. They clearly came from off world, and they don't seem to be intelligent as we would understand it. Yeah. Well, uh, they could if they were to do another prequel, they could go back and have some some scientists that are like studying and discover. Like you could have scientists who figured out it was coming. Like there had been an right incident before on it happens. Yeah. Or they could have even been like there could have been like a test one that like impacts on the moon and a little moon colony or something. Yeah. Uh, that'd be, that'd the, be weird though because it's not sci-fi. I guess it's not. I mean, it's sci-fi in the sense they're aliens, aliens. right? But they don't seem to, they don't seem like that. I guess they're not colony. the futuristic. Okay, well they could land somewhere else, like in the ocean, where yeah. covered by seventy-five percent water. Right some scouts or something like that so there could be like an island based thing but I'm like we've the second one was still basically an exercise in the same procedures yes. that we saw in the first one yeah we don't and know this what... third one almost has to be the same so this is what I'm saying we need to know more about the aliens but I don't know how you do that right uh, what you do is you get one of them and you say like talk you yeah <laughs> or you know you're not going to get a glass of water and you welcome put the hotlight on them welcome yeah. to earth welcome <laughs> to earth all right uh, one more that is a trailer, but it's for TV. Uh, it's a teaser. Sorry, uh, a sequel. Right, uh, and that is Idris Elba. He's not. A, he's not an Emmy winner or anything, is he? Stringer Stringer Bell from The Wire. I bet he. I, bet I don't he think. Won an Emmy I don't think that. he did. I don't. I think weirdly the Wire or something or that's, or that's a UK he show. He may have won for Luther. I don't think The Wire ever won any awards. Idris Elba, known for such prestigious projects as uh, The Wire. And uh, Luther, or more recently, uh, the uh, show on the plane, which I can't remember the name of it. All of a sudden, uh, yeah, hijack. hijack. Yep, uh, that was maybe less prestigious. Eh, it was um, fun. Is playing Knuckles the Echidna for six episodes for Paramount, and what they're calling a six-episode event. I mean, uh, he was in the last movie, wasn't he? Yeah, he also. I mean, he also was Black Superman in Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. So, yep. it's not like Idris Elba will clearly just do whatever. Uh, uh, but I'm like, it's one of these things. Like, does he know he's famous? Because this is a weird, <laughs> this is a weird job. Uh, maybe he he might be like, my kids really love uh, Sonic, Sonic, and yeah. so of course yes. I'm going to do. At it. You never rate, know. He might love Sonic. At no. any rate, uh, <laughs> no, no. Only Robin Williams loved video games. Adam Adam Pally, who I've really liked in shows like uh, Happy uh, Happy Endings and and various other things. He was in Iron Man three. He's a very funny guy. 
Uh, he is like the the buddy of uh, Knuckles. Sure. And, uh, and, and and yeah, unlike like say little uh, goofball Sonic, who's like always seems to be on a sugar high. Knuckles is like a he's like a Klingon. Yeah, he's like he's like I'm a warrior. Um, and um, and yet he's going to have to help out this human do something. What does he have to do? I don't know. Do something. Oh God! For, I forgot. Why, that. why are they helping him? He's there? trying to make him become a warrior. Yes. Like why are there people hunting him or something? No, he just thinks everybody should be a warrior. Yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot that Ben Schwartz was Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, you either know what this this is for you or not. Uh, but uh, I I just find it hysterical that Idris Elba is playing <laughs> Knuckles for six episodes on Paramount Plus. <laughs> As a weird going weird up thing. against uh, um, Rory McCann, who I played the Hound in Game of Thrones. <laughs> right, right. He, who's I believe playing a person who's like he worked for worked for worked for Doctor Robotnik, aka yeah. Jim Carrey. Because by the way, Jim Carrey, I've seen both the Sonic movies in the theater because my kid loved them. Yeah, and uh, I will watch this because my kid's going to want to watch it. Well, they just announced um, the Sonic Three, and yeah, that Carrey is coming back yeah. as Robotnik. Yep. But what were we uh, saying? Jim Carrey is the reason to see these movies. He is. Hilarious as Doctor Robotnik, <laughs> in in all the ways you want him to. Be. Strangely, the the role yeah. he was born for. All right, we got two last little uh, horror movies. Um, they're both uh, look like indie movies. They both look really creepy and good. Yeah. Uh, first is Late Night with the Devil. Yeah, this is a found footage movie, but that purports to be found footage from 1977, mm-hmm. where there was like a live broadcast um, that. Um, it lo- we were saying it looked like kind of a Johnny Carson Tonight Show kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, in which, I mean, I don't know what happens on it. It looks like anywhere, but it's something between possession, uh, demon stuff. I don't know. Something but, scary, but scary But it also happens. looks like it has a lot in common with Ghostwatch, which is a right. favorite movie of ours. Yeah, favorite, but not super well known. It's no. just like a, this was a UK... Uh, TV show that or a TV movie that aired in like the early 90s uh, that used real British broadcasters and um, had like uh, they're like oh it's Halloween and we're gonna go spend a couple the next two hours from 10 p.m. to midnight at one of the supposedly most haunted houses in Britain with a single mom and her two daughters and we're going to uh, hopefully something spooky will happen and it does but it kind of happens in a way you wouldn't expect and it cuts between images from in the house and uh, like a like elsewhere where they do have a live studio audience yeah. and it's it's like really creepy and weird um, it's it's notable um, and I recommend Ghost Watch wherever it's currently playing yeah or... you brought a VHS tape to my house I think we watched it <laughs> I think it was actually I think it was a region free uh, DVD and the player because I don't have one of those yep you had to, had to do it at the time yeah. now it's a little bit more available or has been at times you can buy it on Vudu uh, you can buy it on Vudu or you can pirate it whatever you need to do whatever sure. you need to do um but uh, yeah, so this looks like this could be the the American version of that. There was uh, there was something called the, like the something Hall- Halloween special. Yeah, but I thought it was like too low budget and not quite worthy. But this is the the guy playing the the host is David Dalsmalchian. Yep, who's that? Uh, he is from Ant Man. He's he's the Baba Yaga dude. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. he is a very geek adjacent guy. Is, uh, he's, the he's, What's that? Polka Dot Man from Suicide Polka Squad. Man. He's very much a, a, a nerd. What he's a like, weird series of roles. <laughs> he's written some comic books. He is yep. he is a guy who loves this. this. Okay. Yeah. And so he's got some bona fides. But he looks like he's playing a... Not Johnny Carson. This is like a Dick Cavett below, below yeah, the Yeah, a little cheese ball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but anyway, yeah, I got good vibes from it. It's still such a short trailer that... No, we kinda, know what it who is. Who knows? Yeah. But... Um, 
But premise-wise, I think it's a cool idea. And it's a good teaser. And what the I kind of want, of it all looks great. What I kind of want them to do is sort of a thing where they're like, uh, you know, this was something that supposedly happened in the seventies. I want them to like in the end have it like be like, oh yeah, that was the time that Satan interacted through the TV and like <laughs> uh, destroyed the world. Yeah, and then like you know for the camera to pan out at the end and show that oh yeah, now this is the year nineteen eighty one and you just see people scurrying around <laughs> in this hellscape of of that the Earth's become. That'd be you amazing. want a John Carpenter film essentially? Yeah, I just I want <laughs> I, I want that kind of little ending that yeah. shows the, the the what happened after briefly. Yeah. Um, the other one we saw was Lovely Dark and Deep, which is about a young uh, woman who's a forest ranger. Yep, yep. and there's Looks a, like a new hire. And there's a, literally a list of people who have vanished in the national parks, and there's some weird, creepy, maybe like a parallel world thing going on or something. Yeah, definitely something supernatural. Yeah, but there's there's a great moment we see somebody like climbing down a tree in a really disturbing way. Yeah, it almost looks like they're they're backwards walking yeah. or something like that, or backwards climbing. Um, the atmosphere that this, this trailer creepy creates. Trailer. Yeah, it uh, it feels like uh, you know I, I don't know too many people who are really like I'd love to go into dark forests, yep. uh, but this will make you want to go even less. Yeah, uh, I, I think as a horror fan, uh, check the trailer out. Um, uh, say the name of it. Lovely time? dark and deep. Lovely dark and deep. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a spooky, promising teaser trailer. Yeah, definitely uh, so. worth a look. All right, let's take a quick break well, and come back. We have one more trailer. You're right. I didn't put it on here. Oh, right. <laughs> we have uh, we put it late. And it's a sort it's of a, notable one. Yeah, well, it's the the movie is notable. The trailer was a little weak. Right. A I little bit. Agree. Because it, I think it hides exactly yeah. what it is. So the trailer for Wicked Part 1. Yes. This is being directed, I want to note again, being directed by John M. Chu. Right. Who, in addition to doing Crazy Rich Asians, which is great, uh, did In step the Heights. Up, and Step It Up. Uh, step, up to, step up to the screen. Oh, okay, I was wrong. <laughs> um, but the heights uh, in the heights, is, we, we should just say for people who are not musical watchers, um, that that was the uh, play I think that put um, what's his name Lin on the Lin Manuel Miranda, Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda yeah. on the map before he did Hamilton. Correct. It's a musical. It has something in common with Hamilton as far as like uh, hip hop infusion. Uh, but it, like it was more of a. Uh, it's it's not as much of that as it is like. Um, some traditional musical elements, but it was like a deep dive into his, uh, is he from Puerto Rico? Yeah. Puerto Rican culture, and it's a super good movie. It's a super good movie. I would highly recommend it. People who liked Hamilton should watch that, so, just obviously. Chu feels like a director who can handle this job. Wicked is one of these super famous musicals. I've never seen it, mm -hmm. but the premise is one of these, let's look at the real history of the Wicked Witch of the West. Right. It's kind of a, how did she get there, and uh, a, a lot of... Um, like an original story, it was based on a book originally, and I could never quite get into the book. But I, the one time I actually did see the musical uh, in a live production, it was great. Um, and it follows the unlikely friendship between Glinda, the good witch, the witch yep. and uh, Alphaba, the uh, the green skinned witch who will later we know become the wicked witch from Oz. Whoa, spoilers! Spoilers. Um, and you're like, oh, how does this friendship start? Why does it dissolve? Yep. What's what's going on? And, um, uh, and it is one of those, like, kind of, it's a big budget musical. Yeah. Even when it was just, like, on Broadway, I'm sure, it, you know, it had something in common with, like, Phantom of the Opera and Cats and Hamilton and stuff like that that yeah. use, they, they throw their budget around. Um, and you have to pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds in yep. tic for uh, tickets. That's one of the reasons yep. I've never seen it. Uh, but also... The look of this, like, it looks great. It does, I thought it so. It looks like... Yeah, so you see, but, it's all in Oz. But the thing is, they hide the music. There's right. There's no musical sequence. There's music in the background, 
But there's no indication that this is a musical. You don't see anybody singing Nobody's per singing. se. Yeah, you'll hear some little little snippets. But um, I, I feel like they're I feel like they're hiding it because they know a lot of people don't like musicals and they want to get the hype going for Wicked. Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine though that somebody you like that just the story of you know the good witch and the evil witch uh, as friends yep. would be that you know, like that somebody is going to be like oh well I was super into that. Um, but I hate musicals. Like I yeah. feel like that's the people who would be into the one would be into the other. So I the the person playing. Uh, but I but maybe this is I, I kind of I think they do this for a reason, and that's because some people knee jerk react against yeah. musicals, and if they can maybe lead them into it and say, oh, this looks like a good one to show for the kids or something like that. The person playing the Wicked Witch uh, is Cynthia Ervo Arivo Arivo, who I've seen in stuff. Like she's in she's in Widows. She's yep. she played Harriet Tubman in Harriet, which I liked. She was, she's in Bad Times of the El Royale. Yeah, she was uh, most notably for me in the HBO series The Outsider. Oh, she was the okay. other detective. Oh, she was awesome. Yeah, she was great. Oh, I loved her in that. Yeah, she was okay, really, all right. really good. Uh, so she is playing the the sort of one lead role, and Ariana Grande is playing uh, Glinda. That that um, one's probably the biggest test, right? Yeah. That's a bit of a risk. But uh, you've also got well, she's a great singer though. Great singer, but can she act? I don't know. But you've also got Jeff Goldblum, uh, Bowen Yang, uh, Michelle Yao, and uh, if you know this person, um, uh, Keila Settle, who is from she's in The Greatest Showman. Oh, okay. She's the bearded lady. Oh, okay. She's yeah. a hell of a singer. Um, oh yeah, she is. I... So I I am hopeful for this one. The trailer doesn't really tell us a lot, but I'm excited to finally see this story. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll be nice uh, that, that people can actually access this very good musical uh, without spending a thousand bucks. Yes. Although, by the time the movie comes out, who knows what movie tickets will cost. Also, uh, this is something that they're... The other thing that they're not uh, hyping up, but it is going to be part one of two. Yes. Yep. Um, but you should be used to that by now with... Everything. Yeah. Uh, Dune. Dune. Uh, yeah. Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Yeah. <laughs> there were like six of them last year. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, all right. Let's take a break. We're going to come back and real quick talk about Movie Challenge Week 2. All right, so this week we've actually got plenty of topics we're going to talk about, but we're running a little low on time, and in the interest of keeping things timely, we're going to talk about the February movie challenge that we're still doing. Uh, Dave is, of course, the world's biggest Valentine's Day fan, and every year he does a movie challenge for Valentine's Day. <laughs> no, none of that's true. It's not for Valentine's Day. This is not every year. But the last time I did it did happen to be in February, okay, well, so there is something to it. The uh, biannual... Uh, love love the, love your movies movie challenge. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Anyway, sure. <laughs> we talked about it last week. Uh, so we are watching. We're each watching movies. Uh, the goal is to do one a day. Uh, Nick and I have managed it. Dave is lagging behind. I'm falling behind. What you call a life or something. But I'm fully expecting to. To I was always always fully expecting to to be behind. It's just a question of when it would happen. He's yeah. going to catch up though. But I might catch up. We'll right. see. Who knows? Anyway, um, I watched. What I guess six movies, seven movies, however many I watched, uh, one a day. Yeah, Nick, you watched five more. I watched five more, but yes. you already, you already. I've already, I'm ahead of the game, but I, I, it's there are days where I'm not watching anything, so it's slowly catching up. Yep. Uh, 
So, Randy, you want a quick knockout, like, two or three of them? I'll, I'll start with mine, yeah. So, this the second week was good for me. I uh, The first week, I had, I had a couple uh, big morts for me that I didn't like. Yep. This week, there were only two that I didn't love. Uh, I saw I'm Your Woman, which is a Rachel Brosnahan from Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, and a sort of 70s crime movie that's on Amazon Prime. That should be right up your alley. It's not bad. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's it's just okay. Yeah. Um, and then Chungking Express, which was a Wong Kar Wai, my first Wong Kar Wai film. Uh, which I thought was going to be like an action-y thing, but instead is like a romantic anthology movie. This was like fulfilling the foreign movie category for your... I watched two in the foreign movie category, and this is one of them. Okay. Um, And I was super excited about this, and it just kind of didn't hit for me. One of the things where it's like, there's nothing wrong with this movie. It's a good movie. It's probably It may even be be a great movie. Yeah. But it wasn't what I wanted. Right. I get and, that. And there was some some storytelling stuff that didn't quite plug. I'm being vague because I know Dave's going to watch it, and I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, but I will say I, I was not super taken with it. However, the uh, the second movie I watched in my, in my foreign list, one that's been on my list for a little while, is a uh, Korean movie called The Thieves. Hmm. That uh, if anyone, if you know me at all, you know that I love uh, dumb action movies and heist movies. Yep. And this is a combination of both. <laughs> this is basically the Korean Mission Impossible meets Ocean's Eleven. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, but if that's Ocean's what, Impossible. But if I was pitching it, that's how I'd pitch it because it is. It is a the, the premise of this is there's a Korean heist crew uh, that's about five people and a Hong Kong uh, Chinese crew that's about five people. They are brought together by a man named uh, Macau Park. He's named so because he got his money in Macau. Okay, part sure. Of. And uh, he is he betrayed the leader of the Korean crew a long time ago, um, and so they've got some bad blood. But he basically brings them together for this big job. To rob a Macau casino, um, and that is where that all starts. So it's it is a big like Ocean's Eleven style casino heist. They're trying to rob this jewel uh-huh. that belongs to a mobster's wife, and I don't want to say too much about it. But there's like there's a reason like the cops get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, things go bad. Uh, there's there's a lot of cool like heisty planning. Mm-hmm. There's some real humor in it. There's some really funny bits. There's a there's a young girl who's like their wire work person. Yeah. And there's a young guy on the crew who's kind of very, very much into her. And there's a little bit of tension between them. There's a great scene where they're trying to sort of honeypot a security code out of somebody. Uh-huh. Turns out the guy's gay. <laughs> and so he has to play the honeypot, which she finds endlessly amusing. <laughs> that's um, pretty good. There's some fun stuff like that. Um, there's an older woman who called Chewing Gum. That's her name, Chewing uh-huh. Gum. Sure. And uh, she winds up paired up with one of the other guys as the, this wealthy Japanese couple. Um it does a lot of interesting stuff where, like, they're, they're, Korean, they're a Korean and Chinese person playing a Japanese couple, and there's some language barrier stuff that comes in. It's very cool, very funny, very slick, very well-directed. This movie's about two and a half hours long, and it's essentially two movies. Uh-huh. There's the heist, and then there's sort of the action sequence at the end is the, is the like, ch- car chases and gunfights and okay. uh, cops and robbers stuff. It's Ooh. spectacular. It was super fun. I recommend... It's called The Thieves from 2012. I recommend looking at the trailer and watching it. It's a, it's a really good trailer. Well, it does not give too much away. I was looking at the cast list, yeah. and it's uh, Lee Jong-jae, uh, who was the lead in Squid Game, apparently plays oh, okay. a fairly notable role in this. What's his, what's That's pretty notable. Uh, it, he plays, is it Sobe? Or no, Pope... P-O-P-I-E? Popey. Popey. Yeah, okay. He's one of those, he's, he's, he's he's the head of the Korean crew. Okay, he's great in Squid Game. He's so. great here, too. Okay. That, um, yeah. And what makes this even easier, it's on Prime. 
It's yeah. on Prime. Is it on Prime? I, I just looked it up oh, and damn, it's... I watched it on Tubi. Ah, uh, yeah. With ads. It's there are no ads on Prime. <laughs> yes, there are. But oh yes, the there are. The but they're at the beginning. They don't actually yeah. cut into it. I don't recommend watching this on Tubi. Then I recommend watching it on Prime. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's. But that makes it, was, it an easy play for me. I'll, I'll check this out. It's great. I really, really. It's. It was not my favorite thing I watched this week, but it was high. It was, it's the most recent thing I watched. Honestly, there's. I watched one, two, three, four other movies. Yep. Any one of them has a claim to being my favorite thing oh, I wow. watched. That's awesome. Like there, there. It was a really good week for the movie list. But I will defer to hear Dave about your your two that you watched this week. Um, let's see, uh, what two did I watch this week? You watched Lives of Others and Three Billboards. Yeah, they were, um, neither were quite in, in, in neither were in my upper echelon. Um, Lives of Others was in my foreign movie category, and it was, it was very interesting and watchable. It's, it's some, somewhere between a suspense and a drama. Okay. And it's a, it's a Cold War setting, but like, not the 60s Cold War, like, tail end of the Cold War in the 80s. Is it set in Germany? It's set in East Germany under communist rule. Yeah. With like a really like, kind of intense governmental, like, oversight of, of things. And especially, in particular, this deals with the, sort of the arts. There's a guy who's a, um, Who's a uh, playwright? Mm-hmm. Um, who um, he puts on productions that are like pro-communist, but it seems like he kind of like might be always sneaking in a little bit of like Western style, <laughs> more democratic stuff like that. But he's generally considered one that the comp- that they can get behind. So overall, he's liked, but they think he's like kind of talking and hanging out with subversives, and so they're like, we need to bug his uh, apartment, and they do. Uh, and, and like bugs, cameras, the works when he's out one day, um, and so the lead character in it though is not is part. Sometimes it's that playwright, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's the guy who's sent to who's heading up the spy operation. He's not the only person who spies. He's got some other dudes who kind of like monitor this stuff with him and like make transcripts and things. Yeah. But uh, he finds out, for instance, very quickly that. This is, uh, first of all, the guy's girlfriend who's very attractive. They're actually both kind of an attractive couple. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, they're getting it on a lot. And yep. the people who are spying on him all kind of find it amusing. And they're like, oh, these artist types. And they're kind of ogling her a little bit. So that's, it's a little creepy. But it's meant to be creepy. Yeah. It's meant to like make this guy who is, the, the guy who's watching is kind of a company man himself. He's a dedicated communist for them and uh, who, who believes in it all. But he starts to have second thoughts when he starts to see more of their inner lives and how, how much how sh- they're struggling. She's essentially kind of doing prostitution on the side and it's with another government official. <laughs> and the, he realizes that they are trying... that. The reason that the, the the real reason I think that he's sent in there is not just to check up on a subversive, it's because that arrival of that one official would like to get some dirt on him mm. and push him out of the way. So there, he's getting involved in sort of a political okay. uh, sort of arena. Yeah, but he's also I think kind of falling for a little her a little bit himself, starting to empathize with this guy. And after a little while, he even, uh, again, begins amending his reports and, like, not reporting on certain things because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to get them in trouble. And uh, at, like, one key moment, she is, like, about to go off, and it's, like, it feels like it could be the end of the relationship. He found out that she's occasionally going out with other guys, and he kind of, the playwright surmises some of what's going on. And this guy goes, and he talks to her in a cafe, and he pretends to just be a fan of hers, because she's an actress. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, you know, you're really great. He's like, I don't know why you're so down, but he's like, I just want to let you know, I think you're amazing. And But, like, seated in there is, like, he's trying to tell her, 
give her a sense of self-worth so that she'll go back to the guy, mm-hmm. and she does. And there's some interesting uh, thing, like the playwright, that is. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is apparently loosely based on a real story, but very loosely, yeah. so I don't think you know you would take it for that close to the truth. But it, somebody who did develop empathy while doing this... Um, the only th- I actually thought it was all pretty good, but in the end, there's a few things almost a little too pat. Mm-hmm. It's not saccharine or anything. It's pretty hardcore, and there's even like some brutal stuff towards the ending. Um, but it's also a good suspense movie. I- I'd say it is. It is very solid. It sounds um, like it has like a little bit of like the conversation vibes. Yes, it was, that was mentioned in some of the stuff I saw about it. If you like the conversation, who, who did the conversation? Uh, Friedkin, didn't he? Yeah, I think, I think so. Freaking, I think People right. who liked that uh, should should consider this. Uh, it's it's like a more like uh, like a draw. A, a more dramatic turn for it. Yeah. Some very good writing in it, too. So, one thing I want to say... And a very convincing sense of being 1980s, kind of scary, um, higher-up higher, higher up communist guys, too. I imagine neither of you have seen this. Uh, there's a show, from the German show from a few years ago, called Deutschland 83. I never saw it. It is a basically a, a West German, or East German soldier is sent to be a spy in West Germany. Oh. And it's about him. It's kind of like the Americans, a little bit yeah. like that. But it's a guy. And he goes over there. There's a great scene early on where he goes into a supermarket and sees, like, all the fruit and stuff. Oh, yeah. And he's just, like, just blown away by what's possible under... And it's a, it's sort of the him being a spy in this West in this thing and whether or not he's going to stick with it. It reminds some of the same themes of, of like, that, that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. It's on Prime. I would recommend it. Yeah. Uh, David, the other movie you watched... Also, not a true story, though you both and you and I thought it was. Yeah, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I think that's I think. right. Yep. Yeah, uh, I watched this one because uh, the, one of the categories is uh, movies with uh, women who've won the Academy Award. Yep. And uh, Frances McDormand rightly won, I think, yeah. for this one. She she did, gives an amazing performance. I but always I, mix up Frances McDormand. And I feel Frances like she's won right. three Academy Awards. If I'm I not mean, mistaken, she has been great from the beginning. She's always yeah. been great. Uh, yeah. Fargo alone. Fargo alone. Uh, I don't know what else she would have won. For but I do think I saw another one on the list. She won for. Did she win for Nomadland? Nomad Land? Yeah, I think she might have. That's, yeah, see, that's... in my head, Frances McDormand is Frances Conroy, but it's Frances McDormand is the one I'm thinking of yes. always. Yeah, <laughs> she's still married to one of the Coen brothers. Yeah, I, I believe know. she is. She's, she's also she's in Blood Simple. She's great yeah, Blood Simple. That's presumably where younger. they met. Yeah. yeah, she is the femme fatale, which is wild if you've seen her in the very sort of mom-like yeah, role in Fargo. Yeah, that's been in for a long time. And she plays a mom in this, but she is not anything like the Fargo mom. She is a like sort of foul-mouthed, mean lady. Yep. But she's mean because her daughter was murdered, and she is and, and sexually assaulted. Um, and they, uh, in the small town she's in, essentially the case went nowhere. It became a cold case. And so she puts out, she rents out with some, you know, straining to, to make the funds work. She rents out three billboards on a kind of remote strip of road that pe- isn't that well followed, no. but it gets publicized and people take notice of it. And the billboards basically call out the sheriff for not making any arrests and finishing, uh, finishing out this investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheriff's played by Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson okay, yeah. is, is really the other central character. Well, Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell yeah. as Woody Harrelson is a sort of well-intentioned uh, sheriff who happens to be dying of cancer. Yeah. And there's, uh, like, some of the people in town who might otherwise be with Frances McDormand, she's kind of so incendiary and kind of caustic in a way that she sometimes pushes people away who would be on her side. And they're like, they like the sheriff, and uh, he is a pretty good guy. Who He's like, I really tried on this case. He's like, I just 
we, we the leads dried up and we you know there there wasn't any negligence but he or at least so he says yeah. uh, he's like his leads just dried up and people but people are saying it's like these billboards are kind of an affront this this poor man is going to die in a few months yeah. you know you need to uh let this go and uh but she is like she is kind of too ornery to do yeah. it basically uh, in the middle of this is Sam Rockwell, a kind of racist cop, mm-hmm. but who might be able to actually potentially sort of help. Um, and, you know, he gets fired, but sort of finds himself inadvertently getting some information that may help her. It's um, a good character. He's a good character. I felt that some of these scenes were a little, especially, I, I, sometimes they were so outrageous, Nick. Like, there's a part where she starts flinging Molotov cocktails yep. at the police station and, yep. like, burns it down. Yep. But, like, with a little bit of lying and trickery, is able to get away with it. And I was like, I don't know about that. Well, this director, Martin McDonough, uh, uh-huh. who did, like, uh, In Bruges and... Yep. and uh, Which I also had somewhat mixed feelings Banshees on. Banshees of Inner and does kind of like that... Oh, kind that of, makes sense. Yeah, it's a little bit... I didn't love Banshees either. It's a little over the top at times. It all, I think it he just has that bent in him yeah, uh, that yeah. he kind of does that with his stories. And, and there, by the way, for something that's kind of so serious sounding, there's actually a lot of dark humor it in is. it. Um, uh, including a, like a pretty funny and awkward date between her and Peter Dinklage doing a southern accent <laughs> um, and playing a guy who, who actually helped her. He basically alibied for her for mm. the uh, firebombing. <laughs> and he's like... Uh, he kind of as basically asks her to go out on a date with him, yeah. um, and they have a funny, awkward date. But it's kind of dark, uncomfortable humor in yeah. a lot of ways. Anyway, I I ended up slightly annoyed with this movie, while at the same time it, it didn't quite end where I think was strong. And but like it was an interesting journey, great performances. Woody Harrelson is really pretty amazing in it. Yeah. Uh, Sam Rockwell's really good. She's really good. Uh, I just, I just think that, like, yeah, conceptually, I think that maybe this director isn't for me. Yep. Anyway, those those are my two. Uh, still interesting to see, and glad to see I have seen it for the performances, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, by the way, she is in fact married to Joel Cohen, has been since nineteen eighty four. Yep. And she got three Academy Awards for Best Actress, Fargo, Three Billboards, and Nomadland. Damn. She also got. She was a producer on No Man Land. She also got the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yep. Making her the first person in history to win both awards. Yeah. She's wow. pretty talented. She is also. Uh, after Catherine Hepburn, who has four Academy Awards, so she is chasing like she's coming up Hepburn, on her. Walter Brennan, Ingrid Bergman, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, Meryl Streep, and Daniel Day Lewis. So all the ones uh, with the, the yeah. most awards. Yeah, so pretty impressive. Well, if impressive you wanted to see her be foul mouth, this is the movie. And that's the thing. I love her. I didn't want to see she's... this movie. It didn't like for me. Yeah, I didn't see that. Uh, Nick, what about you? What'd you, what'd you watch? I'm gonna run through a couple because uh, so. I tried a, a Stanley Kubrick movie that yep. I've never seen called yep. Barry Lyndon. Yep. Uh, it is about a, uh, I guess it's based off a William Makepeace Thackeray novel, which okay. I've never read, huh. uh, about an Irishman uh, who's kind of a likable kind of cad a little bit, okay. that kind of slowly over the course of his life turns into a conniving, manipulative uh, bastard of a person. Okay. Played by Ryan, sometimes. Played by Ryan O'Neill, uh, which okay. I really yeah. like Ryan O'Neill. Uh, this was a weird movie. Uh, Kubrick is also just a weird director. Yeah. I don't always, I don't <laughs> yeah. always find the thread that he has. Yeah, and this is one of those that's just so you're like, how did you get here? <laughs> well, it's just kind of like this is so methodically paced. It's so kind of dry when you compare it to something like uh, Strange Love or uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I'm just like. 
This was the same director? But he is known for methodical sometimes. Shining has a certain method, yeah. methodical thing. 2001 for sure. But, I mean, it's it's very dry. Very, yeah. like, proper and prim. And But it was it was weird. I, I don't know if I loved it. I saw what, what it was about, and I enjoyed seeing the character pieces. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'll ever return to it. Okay. But maybe so, and I'll like it more. People tend to do that with Kubrick. Sometimes happens, yeah. yeah. Uh, two classics I watched. Uh, Casablanca, which I'd seen before, but I couldn't quite 100% remember everything about yeah. it. Wonderful movie. So good. I mean, I, I, I do have to make kind of the joke that if you've watched Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny, you kind of know that these That was scenes. my experience when I saw this one. I was like, I, was like, I wow, know these scenes. I've seen a lot of the dialogue. But you don't know, like, before. you don't really know the context. No, 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 the no, context. Like, it, is, it is funny how many scenes they've did. Because I think that movie more than any other, yeah. than, than any uh, single other movie but, maybe has I mean, memorable uh, lines that are like... Humphrey Bogart pop is great. The story uh, about he's sort a of cafe owner. Yeah, the cafe right. American. Uh, in uh, where's this set? In Istanbul, right? No. Um, Morocco. Casablanca is in Morocco. Is it Morocco? Morocco. Morocco. I think yeah. it, it's basically like the last place for uh, people fleeing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's to not, go out. It's not Nazi territory, it's but not Nazis allied. are there. It's not Allied territory. Yes. Yeah, and in fact, they kind of have control. And there is a there's like a. And he he accommodates them, right? Yeah. I mean, um, he's kind of like he does. And there's also a fantastic Claude Rains. Claude, Claude Rains, Rains is, is amazing. Is the is like the corrupt police chief yep. who's buddies with Rick, who will connive with just about anyone, but has a little bit of patriotism in his heart, yep. a little bit of a little bit of anti-fash, yep. and uh, who Ingrid, ends up becoming an unlikely ally. And Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman as his as his former lover, who's now engaged to the. The rebel leader, yeah. the rebel leader from Czechoslovakia. I believe that is correct. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of just really good like story elements here, yeah. and it's a great story. It's a question about love versus duty. Yep. Uh, whether reigniting old flames, what kind of risks you're willing to take. Yep. Um, but this is like a crisp 102 minutes. It's quick. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, oh, and, yeah. And you get so much. I love Peter Laurie's little appearance yeah. uh, yeah. as kind of a person who's smuggled out these papers. And gives them to Rick. Uh, Even the the music component from the the, the piano player yeah. uh, that kind of is almost like the chorus to it. Yeah. Like it, it, it kind of uh, really. It, it'd be one thing if they just told you about their fling in Paris, yeah. but like that music, the fact that it yeah. conjures it up, yeah. uh, like makes it so that you feel the emotional texture of it, even yeah. if you, even if it's not like a long scene. Wasn't well, so. that the the play it again, Sam? I yeah. mean, I, yeah. it's just there's so many quotable lines. And it's lines also, in we'll this. always have Paris, yeah. the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Play it again, um, Sam. He never says, right? Isn't that the one that he never says? She says, uh, uh, yeah, she says, play it, Sam. She, play it, Sam. Like, That's right. Um, yeah. and, and there's like, anyway, it's not exactly the way no. we remember yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, wonderful movie. The other classic I watched, which I, I guess I had never seen because yeah. I think I'd made up my mind as a kid of what the movie was. Same. And I was like, I don't, I don't really have an interest in this. Which one? Uh, Citizen Kane. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, which it's like everyone considered this yeah. is the best movie ever. It's been we on all came to AFIs yeah. in some stretch. And I just was like. Orson Welles, Unicron. I don't know if I need to see it. <laughs> yeah. Look at every time. Look at every time. Look at every time. Planet Killer. This, I think, is just a pure movie kind of bonanza of like directing, acting. It's so good. It's, it's a simple story about kind of the death of a mogul. 
Like, yeah. he's and, a media mogul. And yeah. he has a, a final word on his deathbed that no one has any clue what it means. And this one paper is like, we have hey, maybe fi- that's our angle. So we, we have to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what if you go in search of this mystery? And so, yeah, it's about the reporter who decides to take that assignment. And you yeah. get little glimpses of this uh, Charles Foster's Kane's life. Yep. Uh, yep. From a kid uh, to kind of like a super rich guy who buys a paper. Yeah, right. Uh, it, he was based on William Randolph Hearst. Very right. Hard, right. Think, yeah. He's a guy who like wants to be active in like kind of move, be a mover and shaker in politics yeah. and stuff like that. But it's just the way, like that opening 10 minutes is basically just a newsreel about his life kind of like and he built Xanadu and all, and all of this. And right. Xanadu like, being his super rich kind of opulent it's like Noah's, mansion but also like Noah's zoo Ark and zoo. stuff in it. Yeah like it was it was crazy. It, yeah, that first opening ten minutes is like what the public gets. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. like, and he's like, I need to go deeper than this. Right. Yeah. And it's just a really interesting mystery with a with a portrait in- of a kind of an unlikable guy, but right. it's still compelling. Yeah. Orson Welles, I found that has such he has such charisma on the screen. Yeah. It's just no matter if he's an asshole or not, you, you kind of root in for- both this <laughs> yeah. and and in Third Man, which you saw. Yes. He, he, is he, do, he does them. play kind of just a horrible human. <laughs> but he's a great villain. Like people looking to write like. Like a kind of a charming but like vile villain or whatever yeah. should watch the third man. Yeah, and I will quick mention two uh, more recent films that I watched, which is Anatomy of the Fall, which is getting a lot of buzz. It's up for Academy Awards okay. for director and uh, picture. It is kind of a foreign film that kind of blends English with French and German, uh, and it's a courtroom drama. I won't say much more about that. It's a uh, a person dies and a wife gets accused and things go from there. Okay. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, exquisitely done. The main actress, which I, I'm going to blank on her name, uh, Sandra Huller, uh, she is phenomenal. I am surprised she's not in like the running for like a best actress. She okay. Was really, really good. All right. And the other one I watched was American Fiction, which is Jeffrey Wright uh, about for the Oscar. Also up for the Oscar. This movie is up for the Oscar. Jeffrey uh, Wright's never been anything less than great. He's no, great. and this is about sort of he is a writer. Uh, <laughs> he only writes good like quality fiction, and he's not. He doesn't make any money, uh, and he kind of on a lark writes a uh, basically bargain basement. Uh, stereotypical black book yeah. that kind of uh and it latches onto society and people like praise it and he's just like it's kind of the dichotomy of like i wrote this shit and it's making money and i fucking hate it yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it also deals a lot with his family and like his relationship and and how his father kind of molded him into a certain thing it was a lot more dramatic than i expected it to be what, what's yeah. it called uh, american fiction okay i really really recommend who's watching the, this is there a lead actress who's the uh it is um i didn't recognize her uh, erica alexander okay i mean i recognize her but i can't place her yeah yeah his brother is played by sterling k brown yeah Issa ray Issa ray plays a kind of other writer who's yeah. kind of experienced some of the same thing is tracy said in the present yeah okay. tracy ellis ross plays a sister yeah, uh it, it is a really really good movie that people yeah. should really check out it's funny it how many has stories are about writers who have to compromise themselves uh, Sunset Boulevard yeah. was also about that, yeah. and uh, in some ways, Misery is about that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there was there was one other one even that I was thinking. Oh, if anybody's ever seen Barton Fink from the Coen Brothers, yeah. same premise. Writers working some stuff. Out. I was trying. To think, oh, absolutely. Um, the, the director of this, he did. He's done a lot of television, and that's why I was kind of like, everything he's done has been a master of none. 
He, uh, yeah. he did nine episodes of The Watchmen. Oh, wow. And then he did 25 episodes of The Good Place. Oh, wow. So uh, this guy has pedigree. got a really yeah. good pedigree. And elements of all of those television shows are in this movie. Uh, you may have sold me on this, Nick. I yeah, was, it's I'm, really, really good. That's, that's yeah, that's a lot going for it. Um, I'm going to real quick knock mine out. Yep. Um, so I watched Rear Window, which I know both of you all love. Love Hitchcock. it. It's uh, my favorite Hitchcock. It is a great Hitchcock movie. Um, not at all what I expected. I thought it was going to be about Jimmy Stewart as a shut-in uh, with a broken leg, witnessing a murder and not being able to do anything about it. Right. But no, he is a he's like a action photographer. He got his leg broken, like taking a picture of a, of a race car coming at yep. it, basically. Yep. Um, he's like you know war photographer, an adventure photographer, and so he's being he's cooped up. He cannot do the thing he really wants to do. Right. And he's being kind of a jerk about it to his <laughs> girlfriend, played by Grace Kelly, who is she's, amazing. She's amazing. She's yeah. like a supermodel. And she keeps coming in. She brings him this fancy from the fanciest restaurant in town. She brings him lobster. Well, she's in love with him. And she's in love with him. She does not. He does not deserve her. Um, and uh, but he's not like a monster, right? No, but he's, he's like an ordinary he's kind of bastard. A, he's, it's, this is a 1945 right. movie, something like that. So it's very much a. He's constantly. He's nagging, a little bit to be expected. Always nagging her. Like uh, yeah. And he's he's also got there's a there's a, uh, a nurse. Yep. Who's coming? To check she's him, amazing. And, and she's great. But between the three, and he has a buddy who's a cop. Yeah. And between the, the four of them, mostly the three of them, the youth cop is mostly useless. Yep. <laughs> um, Shocking. They are trying to figure out, he's, he's, been, he's been sort of watching out his window and he's seeing into this neighborhood, this amazingly constructed set yeah. of this, all these windows of, the, of his neighborhood that he's looking at. There's a couple that sleeps out of their fire escape and they lower their dog by, uh, by oh. basket so he can go out. Mm-hmm. There's a neighbor they call the, uh, there's like a ballerina who's like constantly having people over and throwing parties. There's a woman they call Miss Lonely Hearts. Who seems to be like having dinner by herself with wine and then crying? You know, I, I, when I first watched this, I wondered if it was meant to f- match the burgeoning television. You know, the way you would Maybe like so. flip around on stories, TV, yeah. and the way and the and the way that TV or or I guess you could also say theater and movies are a kind of voyeurism of other people's lives. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, reality television alone. So, he, <laughs> but, but he, yeah, he's basically people watching. Yeah, yeah. And and he's. One of the people he watches is Raymond Burr's... I forget the character's name. It's Lars like, Thorwald. Lars Thorwald, who has an invalid wife, and suddenly he hears a he hears a cry out one night, and then he is convinced that Thorwald has killed his wife. Because he just so sleeps he, in a chair like facing the window. Yeah, and then he yeah. sees him going in, going in and out with suitcases, and he's like, he chopped up his wife. I saw him with saws and knives, yep. and he yep. chopped up his wife. And there, this cop buddy is like... He's like, come on, you're being ridiculous. He's like, people saw the woman get on a train. She's left town. He's like, she's an invalid. How, how would she do this? And uh, the they just start to discover, like, he and his girlfriend discover that, like, she left without her jewelry and her makeup. And right. the, wife, the woman's like, there's no woman in the world who would leave without her makeup and her jewelry. <laughs> and it becomes, uh, for me, what I remember most is that there's an appealing, like, yes, he's stuck in there, but the, it's kind of exciting. It's like... Like you and your friends, just your friends or your girlfriend yeah. and some and a friend or two, yeah. trying to solve a mystery yeah. that you've kind of stumbled into yeah. and like go over the clues uh, with the higher stakes though of like this might have really happened. Right. What's funny is it's it's all it's it's almost like you said, Dave. You were talking about how it could be a play. Yes, sort of. And it, but like it is all in one room. Like he never leaves that room. Right. So they needed to make sure that when he does look out the window that you see this amazing tapestry it's, of the it's, nearby apartment. It's full color. It's early color, so it's really it really pops. It's beautiful to look mm-hmm. at. Uh, uh, of course, Hitchcock's an amazing filmmaker. 
Some the, very the, suspenseful the, scenes, like when they his girlfriend goes over to goes over to Thorwald's apartment. Yeah, yep. yep. And, and trying to, to while find they him. think he's away, but they're like, we got to be careful that he doesn't catch they you. Can see, they can see him coming back. They don't have like walkie talkies or anything. Right. It was a different so like, era. So like, if there's no way to warn her. This there's they there's a text bit where he, he can watch things happening, but he can't do anything about right. it. It's really really good and the culminating scene with the yeah, is fantastic the culminating scene is fantastic uh, highly recommended super fun has definitely put me in to put, watch some, some more Hitchcock yeah um, then I watched It Happened One Night which I know Nick you watched for this channel loved it I did uh, this is a uh, uh, Capra yep Frank right? Capra Skirball romantic comedy, romantic comedy. Yep, kind that, of like the the first iteration of uh, yeah uh, Clark Gable <laughs> Uh, playing a character who became the basis for Bugs Bunny. Yeah, or at least he had a scene that inspired the Bugs Bunny wisecracking carrot Carrot chomping, yeah, style. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Claudette Colbert, mm-hmm. the, uh, his, his, a, she's a, she's an heiress who is married to a sort of ne'er-do-well, he's a, he's a terrible... Or engaged to. Engaged, no, she's married. No, he's married. Oh, they married? She's no. married to a pilot and, and, who, who everybody hates. And she's trying to get back to her father. Uh, basically, was trying to get the marriage annulled. Yeah, she wants to marry somebody else. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but while she she swims away from her father's yep. boat, where she's held captive, and gets on this night bus trip, which the buses were like a, there was a bunch of bus movies yep. around this time, and she meets Clark Gable, and they do the will they won't they. It is very much like the template for romantic comedies. Yeah, right. Um, they essentially end up road tripping together. Yeah, they road trip together. And there's a bit about whether or not he, she's in love with him, he's in love with her, yep. whether he's just in for the money. Super good. It's Very hilarious. Um, I watched Emperor's New Groove, finally, <laughs> which is a blast. Um, and I'm not a big David Spade fan, but I really like him in this. Eartha Kitt vices the bad guy. She's great. But this is Kronk's movie. <laughs> Kronk is the Disney himbo. He is the henchman. He is played by uh, Patrick, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> and... Definitely, just plays him like he's a he's a big old goofball idiot. Yeah, uh, Eartha Kitt and uh, Patrick Warburton steal this show in so many they ways. Isma uh, I, I forget Kronk. that Eartha Kitt got to do that, and that's pretty cool for it an is. actress who was probably had aged past most roles at that point. Yep. it's cool that she got this really fun last role. And I, I mean to see this movie at some point. It's one of the. It's, well, it's, a, it's still a gap for me. If you do, we're rushing through. So when you do, we should talk more about it. Okay, sounds uh, good. Because there's a whole lot of interesting stuff. Yep. And the last thing, just so I wanted to mention it, is Nimona. Which is oh, based yeah. on a graphic novel, uh, apparently very different. It's a Netflix movie. Um, it's animated. It's animated. It is. Uh, it stars Riz Ahmed is one of the voices, and okay. Chloe Grace Moretz. So this is a world, it is a modern, sort of futuristic world, actually, but they still have knights. So this begins at a knighting ceremony. Riz Ahmed is the first commoner to be appointed to knighthood, uh, which nobody's a fan of, the, both the people... And the uh, all the other knights who are kind of broy jerks, except for uh, his his boyfriend or semi boyfriend. Uh, his last name is Goldenloin. I don't remember his first name. <laughs> sure. Uh, but he's like this. Stere- he's the guy who's descended from the heroine who who beat the first monster, and so he's like the, the golden, golden boy. Boy, yeah. And uh, and the two of them, like they're they've definitely got a relationship going. Like they they are they aren't dating, but it's clear that they're in that place. Yeah. Uh, and then the queen is the only person who's, who's accepted that this guy should be should be the the a knight. She like gave him the approach, and so there's a knighting ceremony, which is kind of like the Super Bowl or one of these things. Like the new knight, the new knights are being knighted. Yeah, and everybody's watching. He's framed for the murder of the queen, <laughs> and then he has to go on the run, and he becomes friends. He is. And futurist, futurism wise, there's like little floaty cars, floaty cars, laser guided crossbows. Sure, like 
it's it's very much a, a it's cool futuristic looking. fantasy world. It's really cool. Um, but he meets this girl who who comes to him because she wants to be his sidekick. She wants him to you know be the new villain, and she's gonna be a sidekick. Yeah. Her name is Nimona, and she's a shape changer, and so she can change into all these different animals and stuff. And she is basically kind of a tattooed nose ring anarchist girl, teenage girl. Cool. Um, who is trying? Who is at the same time she wants them to be villains, but at the same time she's the only person who treats them with any kind of respect. And then they're digging into the mystery of like who actually killed the queen and what is going on. And it's a really good story, really great setting um, that leads to sort of some emotional stuff that I would compare to say Iron Giant and some of that stuff. Okay. It is it is so good and uh, notably queer friendly, but that is not like the thing I thought that was going to be like. If you're not queer, you're not going to enjoy it at the same level, right? But no, that's just an element of it. It is a fantastic animated movie. I think everybody should watch. Okay. Uh, I saw like about twenty minutes of it at some point. And that's why I know a little bit about the opening, and I thought it was really good too. It's it, it's always been on my to to, to watch list. Yeah, uh, recommend it. <clears throat> All right, uh, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week with more. Until that time, yo, yo show. Roguecast is a weekly podcast broadcast from Rogues Gallery Comics and Games in Round Rock, Texas. You can find us online on Facebook and at www.roguesgallerytx.com and email us comments or questions at roguesgallerytx at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.